Today we're discussing a fascinating French drama that explores our reproductive rights. Here's writer-director Audrey Diwan on the film Happening. The famous female gaze that we're talking about now. And what's my gaze? My gaze is my culture, the movies I like, the books I've read. It's my gender. It's my story. When I make a movie, I'm full of all these gaze, which at the end is for me some kind of a human gaze. I also talked to Orla O'Connor, who's been campaigning for women's rights in Ireland. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm going to get that gun of mine, and I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face, you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? Hello, I'm Anna Smith, and welcome to Girls on Film. This episode is in partnership with Picture House Entertainment, supported by the BFI Audience Award, awarding funds from the National Lottery. It's devoted to the issues raised by the film Happening, which is coming to UK and Irish cinemas on April 22nd, 2022. Happening is set in 1960s France, when abortion is illegal. Anna Maria Vartolome stars as Anne, a bright young student who gets pregnant on her first time and tries to find a way out of her situation. It's an engrossing and urgent film, which feels especially relevant as the Supreme Court are considering abortion laws in the US. Happening is based on the autobiographical book of the same name by French author Annie Ernaud, and the film was co-written and directed by my first guest. She was nominated for Best Director at the 2022 BAFTA Film Awards for Happening, which was much deserved. She is Audrey Duan. Audrey, welcome to Girls on Film. Thank you. Well, congratulations on Happening. As you know, I'm a huge fan of this film. Why did you want to tell this story? I've read Annie Arnaud's book. I, I read a lot of Annie Arnaud's book uh, in my life, but I didn't know this book. And after having an abortion myself, I wanted to read about it just to think about it. And uh, that's how I discovered the book. And what I recall is that what stayed in my mind is the huge and main difference in between medicalized abortion and illegal abortion. And for me, the main difference is that medicalized abortion is related to some kind of a medical routine. Things can always happen, but you you know, there is a routine. Whereas when you, a woman goes on the illegal abortion journey. You never know what's going to happen. Everything depends on the random. And I thought the random was unbearable. And I remember reading the book and having the feeling that I was reading some kind of an intimate thriller. And I couldn't stop reading until the end for this reason. C'est dans ça, mademoiselle. Je suis désolé. C'est pas possible. Tu sais ce que ça représente pour vous? Vous ne pouvez pas me demander ça. Ni à moi, ni à qui que ce soit. La loi ne fait pas de cadeaux. Toute personne qui vous aiderait risque de finir en prison et vous avec. Et encore, si vous n'arrivez pas le pire, tous les mois on ajoute un nom à la liste de celles qui ont tenté leur chance et elles meurent dans d'atroces souffrances. Vous ne voulez pas être de celles-là, croyez-moi. C'est pas juste. Peut-être que ça ne tiendra pas, ça va pas forcément au bout. Peut-être, oui. 
It's interesting that you mentioned the word thriller because I find it a very gripping film. Um, you really get to grips with her daily life. Is that important to you as a filmmaker for getting us immersed in her world and invested in her fate? I wanted the movie to be an experience, physical experience. So I told Annie Arno from the beginning because when she's working and writing, she tried to get the exact memories from that period of time. Of course, I cannot do this because I'm, I'm doing fiction. And uh, so I told her that I would try to, to find the exact sensation of the instant and make this movie be an experience. So that was the goal. You co-wrote this, obviously. What did you bring from your own life to the screenplay? Are there any details in the film that are kind of more personal to you? If you don't, I'm only asking. <laughs> I have a funny answer for you because, okay, I didn't want it to make a movie about illegal abortion. I wanted to talk about this character that really fascinates me. I mean, Annie Arno is very modern the way she talks and, and thinks, you know. And for me, it's a, it's a story about freedom more. So she has sexual desire. She has intellectual desire. She goes from one social class to another. In, and in many ways, she's trying to reach her own freedom. Besides, of course, when you talk about illegal abortion, you talk about sex. And in the book... Mm -hmm. There was not much of it. Marcia Romano is my co-writer. We wanted to make sex appear on screen progressively. So first, it's just talking. Then there's an image. And then you've got this sequence when this friend of her is masturbating on a cushion. And actually, that was part of my experience. I mean, I wasn't the girl on the cushion, but some, some girl showed me this way when I was younger. And I was probably doing the same face as my actress in the movie at this precise moment. <laughs> so I asked Annie Arno if she was she agreed on me putting a part of my experience, you know, there and there. Just because I think that when you write, you always actually use your own experience and it's mixed experience, of course. I love that scene. Um, at Girls on Film, we have our own awards ceremony and we actually had a category for best female orgasm. And I think <laughs> because it's important to show that on the screen, right? <laughs> it's a topic of my next movie. I love to work on female body and to explore and to imagine what we haven't seen yet what I would be happy to see, you know. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. I look forward to seeing your next movie. Maybe we'll, we'll be nominating you next year in our awards. <laughs> but back to happening, obviously, the subject of abortion comes up in the film and is clearly very relevant now. What role do you think film has to play in kind of enhancing people's understanding about this very current debate because you look what's happening in the United States for example it's still very relevant it's sadly always relevant but we don't realize because most of the time we're talking about countries we don't feel so related to but in the world you, you, you can't imagine how many countries are against uh, legal abortion so it was interesting because when I started working on the project writing I heard a lot of why would you do that now? First of all, because in France, like I heard, in France, you already have the law. So why would you write about it now? And I, I was always answering to those people. I hope you're going to say the same thing to the next filmmaker who says he's going to make a movie about World War II. Then during the process of making the movie, we heard about Poland and everything that has changed regarding to the law in that country, European country. 
And then you've got Roe versus Wade and everything uh, that's happening in the United States, in Texas. And so now we feel some kind of an emergency. But the emergency exists. And yes, of course, movies can be part of the debate. I mean, I love to talk about very intimate topic because at some point I always feel that intimacy will be politic. And there is, of course, not only my movie, but Lingui that was in Cannes Film Festival and talks about the situation in Chad. And it's a nowadays story. And yes, of course, we need more of the movies that talks about the nowadays situation or all those topics that I feel we have a lack of representation. Yeah, I feel like it's a topic that hasn't been tackled in movies enough, but there's called Jane coming up as well. There, this, Do you think now the, the climate is more accepting of what has been weirdly a taboo subject in Hollywood, for example? I hope so, because honestly, making the movie be my movie Finding the movie was a nightmare. It was a battle. Oh, I, and I'm blessed because my producers are, are fighters. But I hope that the next one wants not to talk about illegal abortion, but mention it, use it. I mean, it's some kind of a war regarding how many people died, you know, but it's a silent war. We, we never heard that much about it. And, you know, it's strange because we have crazy questions in mind, even I. I mean, at the beginning, I was asking myself, should I make a movie who actually talks about illegal abortion? Because should I do it after Munju? Because he did this masterpiece and won the Cannes Film Festival, you know? And I was like, ah, maybe I, sh- I don't know if I should after him. And then I realized my mistake. A, a filmmaker makes a movie that mentions illegal abortion in Romania under Ceausescu. I want to talk about a girl in France in the 60s. And I'm asking myself this question. This question is not relevant. But it took me time to realize that the question was not relevant because there is a culture around those topics. And and so we have to think carefully about it again and over and over again. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about with regards to the feminism in the film? Because as we've mentioned, it's not just the abortion issue that's feminist. There's a lot of things about your film, I think, that in my view are feminist and explore interesting topics from a female perspective. I'm always thinking about the famous gaze and the famous female gaze that we're talking about now. And what's my gaze? My gaze is my culture, the movies I like, the books I've read. It's my gender. It's my story. When I make a movie, I'm full of all these gaze which at the end is for me some kind of a human gaze. But talking about the female gaze, I must say that I was thinking on this movie, if I try to be that girl, because this was a project, not to watch her be her, I have to look at the world the way this young girl should have looked at it. So I am not going to sexualize the body unless she wants to sexualize her body because she wants to be flirty. And there are things that I know that I don't want to see because I'm this young girl, but I will still have a glimpse of it because I can't help myself but looking at it. And it was very interesting to try to be in some young girl's eyes in order to see how much we can share it. And I had a great surprise to 
see that I could do the journey with her, but also men can do the journey with her. And many men told me like, oh, the, the, it was hurting in my belly. And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. I mean, that's the magic of cinema, I guess. And that's such an important thing you've highlighted there because we've grown up watching men being shot and stabbed in films and feeling it for years, but now for a man to feel that pain. I always think that when we share experience, we we get richer. I mean, intellectually, we need to share different experiences. And the movies are very powerful in that way. I mean, ready to share someone else's life. It's great. It's a great weapon against lots of bad ideas. Wonderfully put. Well, I know you have to go, so I'm going to thank you, Audrey, so much for your time today and for joining, joining Girls on Film. Best of luck with Happening, and I hope lots of people here in the UK go to see it. Thank you so much. That was Audrey Dumont. My next guest is the Director of National Women's Council in Ireland. She was co-director of Together for Yes, which is the campaign to remove the Eighth Amendment from the Constitution that had previously made abortion illegal in Ireland. She was named one of the 100 most influential people by Time magazine in 2019, so we're thrilled to have Orla O'Connor on Girls on Film today. Orla, welcome to Girls on Film. Thank you, Anna. It's, I'm delighted to be here. Absolutely delighted to have you. Now, you're Director of the National Women's Council of Ireland. Can you briefly describe what your job involves? So the National Women's Council, we're the national membership organisation uh, for women's organisations throughout Ireland. So it's a really diverse organisation with members from like local community-based women's organisations to frontline services on violence against women to large, you know, large sections of, for example, women's committees of trade unions, of political parties. Being the director, I feel really privileged to be in the position of representing such a diverse group of women and also as well really proud to lead such a brilliant group of feminist women who are the team in the Women's Council um, because every day the work is different but primarily our work is about bringing the views, bringing the voices, the experiences of women and bringing them to government in terms of trying to drive change and it's also about mobilising people all over Ireland, women and men, for that change and I think you know we have seen significant progress for women and at the same time there are deep structural inequalities that we still need to shift and to get that change. Can you tell us a bit more about your work on Together for Yes? The National Women's Council and through all our members had a very sort of clear policy in terms of repealing the Eighth Amendment, of having abortion access in Ireland. And also as well, I mean, from, from the history of the Eighth Amendment in the Constitution in Ireland, we could see the harm that the a ban on abortion was having on women. The real harm in terms of forcing women to travel outside of Ireland for abortion, but also the harm in terms of the shame and stigma that the Eighth Amendment brought. Um, and also the real risk 
risk to women's lives, as it was very difficult for many women to be able to access abortion. So, so it was really important for all of the members of the Women's Council to campaign against the ban and to remove the Eighth Amendment in the Constitution. And so Together for Yes was, like some people, I, I suppose, think that the campaign was quite short, but it had been going for years in terms of removing the Eighth Amendment. But Together for Yes was the campaign formed in the final months of the referendum campaign. So when the government decided to put a date on the referendum campaign, Together for Yes was formed by three organisations, the National Women's Council, the Coalition to Repeal the Eighth Amendment and the Abortion Rights Alliance, and led by three women, myself, Alva Smith and Grania Griffin. And it was a really brilliant, I think, way, a collaboration of, of working because it was about grassroots women's organisations, organisations that came about solely to remove the Eighth Amendment. And then you had the women Council, which was very much about the broad, you know, the really broad spectrum of women in Ireland. So that's what formed Together for Yes. And, and I think, you know, the name really said it all as well, because it was about this whole movement of us all working together to bring about this change. Well, congratulations on the incredible work you've done. And as you say, it's so inspiring to see women working together for a goal like this. And um, which brings me to the film Happening. Uh, you can imagine why we'd be interested to know your thoughts on this film. You've had a chance to watch it, I think. We were really, you know, I was really delighted to be at the premiere screening of Happening. I mean, it was such a powerful a really, really powerful film and I really would encourage people to watch it. I mean, it was set in a particular time in France, but still really resonated. I think, you know, so much of what was in it, particularly in terms of that, the shame, the stigma associated with abortion, the difficulty with trying to access an abortion for the young woman. And, and that really resonated, I think, with so much of the experience in Ireland, but a much more recent experience in Ireland than when this film was set in the 60s. I think extremely powerful and also I think really important right now because at the moment we're going through this whole process in Ireland in terms of reviewing our abortion legislation because we knew, you know, we knew at the time of the referendum that the legislation that was being put forward wouldn't give the full access that we wanted. And so now is the time to, to do that. So the, the whole conversation about abortion in Ireland is very much back on the political agenda because women in Ireland are, you know, some women in Ireland are still still having to travel. J'ai un problème, Jean. Si. Je n'ai pas l'intention de le garder. Tu en connais une, n'est-ce pas Jean. Laisse-moi Anne. Et le con Are there any particular scenes in Happening that you'd like to pick out that you feel are particularly relevant to what's going on now? what's been going on recently for you? I think there are many. I mean, you know, one scene in the movie where she's frantically trying to find uh, someone who will provide an abortion and going through so many different avenues, you know, phoning people, trying to get a phone number and having to do it all, you know, in secret. And I think that was, you know, so powerful and really resonating with the experience that women had in Ireland. You know, as well, there's a scene in the film where, you know, it's a normal, you know, what would seem like a normal family dinner. And yet she's holding this secret and how that impacts on her. And I think that was really powerful in terms of that experience for so many women, in terms of not being able to talk to their families and friends, really holding all that pressure and burden on themselves and trying to deal with that. I thought that was incredibly powerful. And I think as well, there's a moment, you know, in the end of the film 
where the decision is, is this recorded as an abortion or recorded as a miscarriage and the impact that might have on her whole life and the relief when it's recorded as a miscarriage. And it was such a powerful piece at the end because it was really speaking to the impact that having an abortion can have in terms of how you're viewed in society on your whole life. And very much, you know, women in Ireland spoke about that. Of, and that was, I suppose, late, you know, going back to that issue of the shame that abortion carries. And, and still in Ireland, you know, we have a situation in Ireland where only half of our maternity hospitals are providing abortions. Um, and we've only one in 10 GPs providing abortions. You know, we haven't reached a point in Ireland where this is commonplace throughout our health service. So there's still a long way to go. And that shame and stigma, while the referendum is, was won and, and won so well, but it's still very much a part of our society. Forgive me, but what is the reasons why only a small portion are providing that service? Is it connected to the, a sense of shame? Is that sort of lingering? Well, it's hard to know. It's hard to know why our maternity hospitals are not fully providing abortion services. On the public face of it, they might say that there's not the facilities, there's not the training. But yes, I mean, the, the fact in Ireland that our maternity services still have a strong Catholic ethos influence makes a difference. They're not public hospitals. And that's one of the campaigns of the National Women's Council is for our new maternity hospital to be a public hospital. So there's a whole legacy issue there. And there's a legacy issue both for consultants, for, for doctors, and a legacy issue within the hospitals themselves. And there's also, and I think this is an important bit, with the way the legislation is in Ireland, it's still criminalised. So, for example, in terms of GPs providing abortion services, there is a real chilling effect because it's still criminalised. So it's still not seen as this is a regular normal part of our health, health service. And that's one of the things the National Women's Council really wants to change in this review is to take it out of the criminal realm. And we know as well that it for GPs and particularly for general practitioners and doctors in rural areas, there are protests and and that's and we're trying to get legislation, what's called safety zone legislation, to prevent protests outside practices, hospitals, because that's also a chilling factor in terms of providers. In the film happening, the men don't come out of this very well. They aren't very helpful. They aren't very understanding to her. Do you think that that is a, mainly a product of the time the film is set in, or is that still a big issue from where you're standing? Yeah, I mean, I think there's different things in relation to that. I mean, certainly when you look back at the referendum in Ireland, you know, at the core was about women coming together, women, women activists, young women in particular, really coming together. And there absolutely was a piece where men were coming out and supporting it. From being one of the central leaders of the campaign, part of the way that we mobilised men was about encouraging and supporting men to think about the women in their families, you know, to see it through that lens. So we still haven't reached a stage where it's, you know, men seeing the th this and reproductive rights as something very important to them and something that's part of what an equal society looks like. It's very much about supporting them on a road of thinking of, of the women and their families rather than saying that this is right. You know, this is about this is about a, a human right and a right to health care and a right to abortion. So we have a long way to travel. And, and certainly when we look at other areas of women's equality in Ireland, we're not seeing the sort of shifts in terms of men's practice and men's behaviour. And we're having a whole discussion in Ireland at the moment, for example, around violence against women and about men needing to step up 
in terms of male violence against women. So I think we have a long way to go. We need much more men who are feminist. Totally agree. And some of them listen to this podcast. So thank you to our male listeners and female listeners for for joining the fight. Do you think, Ola, that film is a useful or a powerful medium when it comes to these kind of discussions? Yeah, absolutely. I really do, because I think it can convey messages. It can bring a personal experiences in a very different way than, you know, speaking to people or, 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 you know, writing it in terms of leaflets and books and I mean certainly I mean when you look at the film happening it's it is is so powerful in terms of what it conveys within that you know that short space of time and I think film has been really important in the whole uh, campaign around reproductive rights in Ireland we've seen that in terms of you know even if it was short film of videos that were produced but also the films as well that have captured the experience of the referendum and it was one of the things as part of the legacy of Together Free Yes, that, you know, that a documentary was was produced um, as well, which really captured the story. And I think, you know, my experience of working in the Women's Council is often the leadership of women, women's experiences, women's central role in, in bringing about change often gets lost and things can be rewritten in a very different ways. And I think film has been an important part in documenting that, in, in having it there and having it there for the future which I think is really important in terms of young women and how they view themselves in society and how they see see their past. Yeah, it's really fascinating that this is based on a true story of a woman who, of course, as we see in the film, could not have written it um, had she actually not successfully had an abortion. Have you seen any kind of real-life examples of women whose lives have been changed for the positive and liberated by, you know, changes in the law? Absolutely. And, and just on the film, I think the fact that, you know, yeah, book written by a woman and directed by a woman as well. And, you know, that was one of the things that people said in watching the premiere, you know, could this film have been made in the same way had it been directed by a man? Um, and I think that was, you know, an interesting, interesting question to pose. And given how few prominent female directors there are in film, I, I think that absolutely really stood to the film. Since abortion has been introduced in Ireland, I mean, there are many women who, who have been able to access abortion. For them and from talking to, to some of the women who have accessed abortion, the fact that they were able to access it at home has made an enormous difference. The trauma around that has been removed for those women. It's absolutely paramount in terms of women's health care that women can access abortion. And we know the difference that it has made to women's lives already and that it has been so positive. And we just really have to campaign hard to ensure that this is a, a you know, a a service that's there for every woman who needs it. And we really want to get to the point where no woman is having to travel because we can see the success of us. You know, one very recent example, which I think is important as a result of COVID, has been the remote, you know, telemedicine. So it's meant that that women from rural areas have been able to access, for example, the service through their GPs, their doctors, much more accessibly. And it's something we want the government to continue to provide. But that's been a positive, you know, a positive success story 
story in this. Orla, is there anything else you wanted to leave the listeners with, whether it's with regard to the film or your work? Well, I just really would encourage people, I think, you know, to see the film because it's powerful in, in so many ways. It's so beautifully done as well. I mean, it, I was thinking about it for many days after. So it really would encourage people to go. And in terms of our work in the Women's Council, I think the global fight for women's reproductive rights is an ongoing one and we can't take anything for granted. Um, So it really is about, you know, maintaining and keeping the rights that we've won, but then pushing forward because globally women's reproductive rights are absolutely under threat. We can see it in the States. We can see it in many countries in Eastern Europe. So it's a fight that continues and it's one that we all need to join in, men and women. Amen. Thank you so much, Orla. Thank you for all that you do and thank you for joining Girls on Film today to talk about happening. Thank you. That was Orla O'Connor. Happening is in cinemas from April the 22nd, 2022. Girls on Film is an HLA production, brought to you by executive producer Hedda Archbold, audio producer Emma Butt, assistant producer Shania Pathia, and our partners for this episode, Picturehouse Entertainment, supported by the BFI Audience Award. I'm Anna Smith, and I was joined by Orla O'Connor and Audrey Diwan. Thanks for listening. By the way, if you're a regular listener and you're interested in an internship with Girls on Film, do get in touch with us via social media. Take care. See you soon.